hitting the right note at the right time is the same thing as putting somebody's whatever back together and it just goes, yes, yes. Those are the moments that we live for. Hi, and welcome back to Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. My name is Gabriella Denry, MD. And as a musician, I'm totally excited about talking to other physicians who are also musicians about the links between medicine, healthcare, and music. And so I am excited about my next guest, physician, musician, composer, and recording artist, Dr. Daryl Looney. Daryl, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Fantastic. Well, Daryl, I'm going to start right off the bat. When did music enter your life? <laughs> I've been kind of doing music in some shape, form, or fashion since like the third grade, starting on the recorder in grade school and then continuing on the violin and orchestra through middle school and into high school. And I switched to doing jazz violin in high school and just kind of stuck with it from there. Of course, things like medical school and residency get in the way. So I kind of had to give it up for about 10 years. But, you know, after medical school was kind of finished, I mean, I dabbled a little bit in medical school, as you know. But after that was done, I really got back into it heavily once I became an attending and, you know, started working. So why did you go to med school then? Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. I think like anybody else, you kind of have an idea of who you want to be and what you want to do. And for me, it was a bit of a conflict in terms of did I want to do medicine or did I want to do music? Because both of them, as you know, it has the biggest commitment that you could ever dream of. I mean, it's like to be really, really good at them both, you got to be committed. And medicine took precedence to a large degree, except in later years when I was able to get more organized time-wise to the best of my ability and, and all of that. So I was able to incorporate more activities, you know, doing music and playing out and playing with other people. So why medicine? You could sort of call it a calling and that sort of thing. But from I was 13, I always wanted to be a doctor. I always imagined myself being a doctor. I mean, Hawkeye Pierce and the whole crowd on MASH and all of that type of inspiration. So that was definitely there. And from that time, I always thought about it. But I also really loved music. I was definitely into it. I love listening to it. I love playing it. I love going out to see concerts and performers. I grew up in Detroit. So, I mean, that's a big, huge music town in and of itself. I mean, with its whole legacy and history, whether it's Motown or George Clinton P-Funk and all of the jazz cats, Marion Hayden and, you know, all of the other cats that came out of that area. So, I mean, there's a lot of influence in that direction, too. So I think that all of that is kind of what ultimately shaped my decision-making. Did it also shape your decision-making in terms of choices of specialty? I think I gravitated towards emergency medicine because of personality-wise and the desire to have the lifestyle slash control of my life, work, schedule. Even though I have a lot more control by doing shift work, it's still quote unquote, gets in the way. Because as you know, when it's time to do medicine, everything else gets put on hold. So that'll often conflict with, I'll work a Saturday night. Well, the gig is Saturday night. So, you know, it doesn't happen. And that would come up a lot. 
So because it's emergency medicine, I was able to tailor my schedule to my own personal activities. So that has helped a lot. So I think that did contribute a lot to my decision. You speak about, you know, conflict. And believe me, I hear that. And I understand that. There's always these choices because, yeah, you could spend 24-7 on music and the rest of the life just gets (laughs) put on hold. Or you could spend 24-7 on medicine and the rest of your life kind of gets put on hold. And there are choices to be made. And you mentioned that there was a time when you had to put it aside and then you brought it back up again. But you also brought it back at the time as an attending physician. So at that point, you're doing both. You're doing performance and recording and composing, and you're also working the ER. How did you balance the two, do you think? For an ER doc, and actually for a lot of the other docs that I know, it's not as impossible as it sounds. As with all things, it's all about priorities. If you make something a priority, then it happens. So if I know that I want to do music, that means that I'm going to have to prioritize the rehearsal time, the personal practice time, the group rehearsal time, if I'm playing with the group, you just make it a priority. And that means it goes on your schedule. It goes high up on your list. You're going to allow time and energy and effort into that. And you still have to meet your obligations because that doesn't go away at all. So having all of that in mind, you just put things together and time manage to make things happen the way you want. Recording for me and writing music for me has been an interesting thing. And I'm sure that you and everyone else experiences this as well. When you get the muse for an idea, for a song or whatever, it comes whenever. It doesn't necessarily come at some convenient time or whatever. I mean, like your birds in the background. They're doing a little twittering and everything to a certain rhythm. And it's not necessarily their notes, but it's the rhythm that catches you. And that comes and that generates an idea. But are you at home near any computer equipment or what have you? No. So you have to use little tricks like recording it into your phone. So you do those types of things to facilitate your other life, you know, and make all of these things come together. Use all of the tricks and technology, you know, and all of these things to be able to be you to your fullest. And these are things that you're going to pick up. You're going to use and do and create what works for you. For me, a lot of times the ideas come in about 5 a.m., <laughs> 4 a.m., because I've been working nights in the ER since like 2003. I don't like working days because I always tell myself I have other things to do during the daytime. So I'm not going to be tied down working during the day. And plus, I have my son, I guess I'm a late bloomer. My son is he's only 16. So I still have to take him to school and deal with getting him ready and all of these kinds of things, you know, doing the dad stuff. So as long as I'm doing that, then I don't really have time to be at work during the day, you know, but everybody's asleep at nighttime. So it has worked out pretty well. And it's those types of things, scheduling my work, determining when I work and using creative ideas to be able to capture my muse when it happens. That's how I've kind of like kept it going and put it together. That's awesome. I can relate to that. And my phone is jam-packed with little two-minute, one-minute recording sound clips. Do not lose those. Oh, those no. are gems. You're going to hear something that you did two, three years ago. It's like, no inspiration. Oh, wow. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this is good. <laughs> if you haven't listened to it for a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Stay tuned for more from today's guest after this important message from Board Vitals.
Preparing for your board exam or looking for a quick and convenient way to earn CME? Study for your board exam and fulfill your CME requirements with Board Vitals. Board Vitals is the leading online board review platform with question banks and CME activities available in more than 50 medical and healthcare specialties. Board Vitals questions are loaded with detailed explanations, reference materials, and evidence-based rationales. And now you can take your studying on the go with Board Vitals mobile app. People who use Board Vitals question banks have a higher pass rate by 9% from the national average and an 18% reduction in study time. Board Vitals has helped more than 400,000 practitioners pass their board exams. They offer a free trial for all their question banks, and they offer a 100% pass guarantee when you sign up for a subscription of three months or more. Sign up today and get a special discount for being part of the Doc Working community by using the code DOCWORKING10. That's D-O-C-W-O-R-K-I-N-G and the number 10. That's a 10% discount code just for being part of our community with the discount code DOCWORKING10 for BoardVitals.com. That's B-O-A-R-D-V-I-T-A-L-S.com. Tell me though, because I mean, I can hear your passion and very clearly, you know, music is top of the list for you. How do you think being a musician, composer, arranger, how does that impact patient care if it has a relationship with the way you approach patients or if it has an impact on your self-care? Well, as far as patients go, I think that it allows me the opportunity to really use my listening skills. I try to hear what they have to say and not just the words, but also the intent because you can listen to the beat of someone's speech and, you know, if it's pressured or if it's relaxed, you know, and it helps you to kind of determine the nuances of what's going on. You know, if they're rattling stuff off and it's not really coherent and all of that kind of stuff, is this an organic problem? Is this just them being nervous? Is this them not really wanting to tell me what's going on, but they know they need help, you know? And it's those types of nuances, just as with jamming with a bunch of people who are musicians, those types of nuances come into play as well. You know, is someone sure about what they're playing? Is someone really out there and just full of energy and they're just taking off and leaving everyone behind? It's those types of interactions that come into play and are able to make medicine intertwine with music. And there's other things such as the mathematics that are involved, which I recently started taking a look at with things like modal scales and altered scales and all the mathematical relationships there. And it's all of those types of things that cause it to be intertwined. On the issue of personal care, for me, music is a decompression thing. <laughs> Even when things are not going well technically as far as playing, <laughs> it is. Medicine can be too, sometimes too, when it really goes well. I can remember this one time I was sewing up someone's finger and I tried this one plastic surgeon's technique and I pulled on the two ends of the suture and it's like the digit went back into perfect position as if nothing happened. I was like, that is just like hitting the right note at the right time. You know, I don't know if you ever heard Prince do that. Well, I'm sure you have. Like he did that solo on My Guitar Gently Weeps and all of his notes were hit 
at the right time, the right note. It's like perfect. That's how that felt for me. I'm sure everybody has experienced that as doctors and musicians. Hitting the right note at the right time is the same thing as putting somebody's whatever back together and it just goes, yes, yes. Those are the moments that we live for, right? Oh, I'll tell you, great. <laughs> That's a perfect link between the two right there. And to be able to kind of yeah. be in that 20, it's not two separate things, you know? I don't know about you, but did you grow up with the pressure of having to choose one thing? It's like, okay, be one thing. I mean, we come from a certain generation. I know at yeah. home, it's like, okay, Gabriella, you got to make a choice. And these yeah. are your choices. And medicine was at the top of the list. And then that's it. The rest of your life is separate from you. It's but that never worked. Yes, that doesn't work because you know that as a musician that is ingrained into who you are and anyone who comes along and tries to separate you from it, you have a problem with that person, you know? And they wonder why those relationships often don't work out. It's because you're trying to stop me from playing my music, you know? And I've had a lot of doctor friends who experience that unfortunate circumstance. That's a very big deal for those of us who play music. And I think that all of us can relate. There's just this thought process that you should just be a doctor and that's it. You don't do anything else, but it doesn't work. You need to have an outlet. If you have that creative side, you need to express that because you want to be a well-rounded individual. And that's how you get life fulfillment. Medicine does not always fulfill you because things don't always go well. Music may not always fulfill you because things may not always go well. You may not be as well known as you intend with your music. You may not be able to write what's in your head and get that recorded, either written down on paper or on the computer or recorded into the system, whatever. That may not go well. But if you are fortunate enough to be able to perform both, then you can kind of play off of each other and get those balances, those little wins, as you continue to develop both skills. It's not impossible. It's very doable. As a matter of fact, I recently started a Facebook group called Music Medicus, as for physicians who are musicians. And we've garnered several people coming on board. And the idea is just to, you know, meet each other, collaborate, let each other know what projects we're working on and just to put our ideas out there, you know, just interact and support. I think it's a great thing because we are not alone. You know, <laughs> you are not alone doing this. <laughs> no, you're not alone. And I did join the Facebook group. Thank you so much for letting me know about it. I don't know. It's always that conflict, as you say, between putting music aside. And as you said, it's not just a hobby. It is in your DNA. And you can't help it. You have to do it. I've had my violin throughout my med school years. I carried it with me through my residency years. I think I probably picked it up twice during residency and, you know, in the privacy of my living room. But it was always there. I never let it go. Mm -hmm. And so it's just part of your system, really. You can't. Right. right. So. Yeah. You just love <laughs> it. And it's ingrained into who you are. Another beautiful thing about it is I have met so many wonderful musicians down throughout the years. I've been able to play with many of them and just to interact over the years different because I was in New York City for about 15 years. And about half that time, I had a band and we would gig in many of the nightclubs around town. And we did some mild touring up and down the East Coast and into the Midwest. So that was very, very enjoyable. 
for me, the issue with staying in New York and trying to do all of that is that you kind of get locked into a circuit just simply because in New York City at the time, you just had to work so much all the time. So you just did not have the opportunity to play as much as you would like to. Whereas things are a lot more laid back where I am in central Illinois now. So I have a lot more free time and I've also become semi-retired. So I'm working only half as many shifts per month as I had been before. So now I have more time to focus on music, you know, and other pursuits. (laughs) So what are you working on now? What's your latest project? Well, basically, I've kind of pivoted into creating and releasing a new single about every six weeks to every two months. And currently, I'm working on a collaboration with a fairly well-known jazz flautist. And we're going to put out a really funky single. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll let everybody know about that. And mostly, it's just to complete this album project. I don't know when it's going to be done. But as with most of these things, they kind of tell you when they're done. So when I get all of the tracks done for it and release them as singles... And as an EP as well on Bandcamp, once I get all of those together and there's enough tracks and I feel that it mm, has completed itself, then I'll move on to the next one. I go through these spurts of writing a whole bunch of songs. I have like maybe 20 or 30 songs in the pipeline. Not quite Prince's Vault with the 8,000 or whatever it is, but about 30 songs in the pipeline that I could you know pull up from. So, And I like also using them as background content and try to get them licensed into movies. I did get some stuff licensed in a couple films, actually, independent films, you know, and that was always fun. Awesome. Well, Daryl, as we wrap this up, thank you so much for sharing your insights. And hopefully this reaches physicians who may have kind of misgivings about getting back to their love of the arts as part of their mission as physicians. As you said, it helps you listen better. And you're actually listening, not just to words, but to everything that accompanies that to be able to really help your patients. And that too is an interesting twist. I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. So we are excited to have you here and thank you for being here. And we're going to put all your information in the show notes where people can find you, listen to your music, talk about your Facebook page for physician musicians. I hope that we can check in with you and what's up with your next projects at some point. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. All the best. Thanks all of you for tuning in to listen to this edition of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. We have something new and exciting to tell you about, so I want you to hop over to docworking.com. Doc Working Thrive is getting ready to launch in a very short time. And what that is, is a subscription service for physicians. It includes an excellent self-paced course called STAT that is all about quick wins for living well. It is group coaching. It is a Facebook group where you have a chance to connect to other physicians and coaches to ask questions about things that are happening in your life. And it also includes weekly video tips to come and give you advice on important things in your life. So we're really excited about this. The price is almost too good to be true. It's so good. And I really think it's going to be a fabulous support network for physicians. So we hope you hop on over, check out Doc Working Thrive today. And until next time, we'll see you on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.
Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number 1. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.